Welcome to Eldritch Extras. What's this all about, Mike? Well, um, what can I say? Uh, it's um, it's not a story this time. We were we're kind of going to do um, alternating stories, and then these extra episodes, which are just going to be full of Eldritch goodness. They which, are. Um, well, you, I mean, how would you define Eldritch Goodrich? Eldritch Goodrich. Eldritch Goodrich goodness. should be our next character. Eldritch Goodness is it's a good character. Yeah, that is a good character name. How would I define Eldritch Extras? I think it's just whatever goodness is flowing out of uh, the other? anyone who's got something good to say. Well, yeah, I mean, because I mean, I guess initially it's going to be us, you know, talking about marvelous things we've discovered or found or experienced, you know, through books, TV, media, games, whatever it might be. It could be anything. All um, the stuff on the cutting edge. Cutting edge stuff, because we, you know, we we that's, that's we don't look at anything beyond, you know, 12 months old, do we ever, Paul? Hardly ever, but mostly from the last century. Most mostly from the last century. <laughs> and occasionally we might have other people on here. We might we have, might. We might, if they're, you know, if they're eldritch enough. The, the, is there an eldritchometer? I think there should be, and I think we could probably make one out of some cardboard and blue tack. One of my pupils keeps asking me if I'm a genius. Well, <laughs> <laughs> how do you answer that? I don't know. I didn't really know what to say. I'm Did like, you go, yes? Well, I, I, I said, well, I'm not Einstein. you know. So she drew a scale from, from one up to, to ten. Uh, and I had to place myself on it. I put myself about seven. Seven. That, that's, that's 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 quite um, that's quite high, really, isn't it? It is quite high, really. It's, yeah. I mean, if, if Einstein's ten, um, I'm probably like a three. Because you've got quite a lot of patents to your name, I guess, already, haven't you? <clears throat> is that is that the gauge? I, I don't know. I'm just thinking of you know inventions. You know things have changed. Oh, you know for the benefit of humanity. Uh, I mean, I made up a few role-play rules. Well, I mean, that, that, they, I think that's probably a nine and a half, you know, <laughs> certainly, you know. Well, you see, I didn't want to say, like, too low, because I'm teaching her, and she don't uh, want to be yeah, taught she, by an idiot. She might. She's obviously going to think herself, you know, at least a six. So, um, yeah, yeah. She maybe. did also rate guinea pigs as seven. Well, that well, there's no argument there, really. So I figured I can probably compete with a guinea pig. but I, I imagine so. I, I think I would happily put money on the guinea pig or or maybe you in a uh, competition okay yeah sounds good so we got a couple of things we're going to address today we're we going to give a definitive answer to, to at least the first one and that is should role-playing game books tell you what a role-playing game is that's 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 question number one we're going to hold our powder dry on that one but also, you know, have a chat about what the latest uh, great shows are on Netflix and other streaming services or TV. You know, there's a thing called live TV. I haven't watched live TV for donkey's years. I mean, well, I have. I mean, but I, I don't. I don't think to even look what's on. No. I, I mean, occasionally I might turn the news on because I, you know, but that's about it. Um, in fact, the only thing I watched live, well, not even live, because I watched it on iPlayer after the event, was that um, 
what's it called? Traitors, the UK version of traitors, which is basically werewolves by any other name, where you know someone's a traitor and they're killing off their other competitors, and while the other oh, yeah, competitors yeah. are trying to work out who the traitor is. Yeah, and um, I couldn't quite believe that somebody had monetized werewolf the game, and uh, thought, well, good luck to them. You know, they've uh, done pretty well. They've got the English version, the American version. There's a, I think it's maybe a Spanish or Italian version, or maybe both. Um, it's um, seems to have been very successful, and it was, and it was quite, you know, it was quite gripping in a, you know, um, what you may call it kind of way. Uh, it, it it was, you know, painfully funny at times. It's one of those ideas you think you see it. Well, I could have done that, and I think that's the measure of a good idea, isn't it? A good idea yeah. is when you look at it. Nobody's done it before, or quite like that before, and you look at it and you think, well, I could have done that. Yeah, no, why didn't you? Genuinely, genuinely genius idea. To yeah, go, we could turn this into a into a reality show. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, what's stopping you know some kind of tabletop role playing game becoming the next reality show? Because you've got two two characters to play with. Everyone's themselves, but they're also another character. Oh. So you've got like not only your real person kind of um interaction which is tv worthy you've got your character interaction you've got two levels of kind of things going on at the same time i mean surely there's a a, a reality show coming from that at some point that that almost sounds a little bit like severance you know you got <laughs> two two characters that you're playing wow. one one person so severance was uh, a tv show that came out last year where which is which is fantastic and it's kind of high concept you're going into work, and when you enter the lift, you you leave your outside world behind. You leave your outside self behind. And when you exit the lift, you enter your workplace, and that's all that you now know. And when you exit the lift, when you go back in the lift at the end of the day, you leave your memories of work behind. So and you're effectively living two lives. You've got your work life and your home life, and you don't remember the other one when you're in that situation so you literally don't know what you do at work and when you're at work you have no idea of do you have a family where do you live you don't know and so it, it creates this wonderful kind of tension and uh, the show is is fantastic isn't it it's uh gripping gripping as well because there's these layers of mystery within the workplace because they don't even really know what they're doing in the workplace do they well, no, even when they're in there, the, their job is just utterly fantastic. It feels like something out of Over the Edge or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's one of those shows a bit like Westworld where the concept to me, oh, that sounds pretty cool. You know, on a surface level, I like the sound of that. But then you start watching it and there's so much more depth to it and it touches on so many other themes and what it is to be human and what it, so many other aspects of um you know our our existence really because the people in the jobs the in is they're referred to in the office they're almost enslaved in a way by their by the people outside the outside version of them yeah absolutely i mean and just to kind of add further depth to it, you've got some fantastic actors in it i mean you know mm. <laughs> from out of nowhere christopher walken turns up it's 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 just fantastic it um, yeah i mean i'm i'm 
I can't wait for the uh, the second series. I think they're they're kind of making it at the moment, or it's you know been delayed with the uh, the writer strike, perhaps. But um, but it's on it's on Apple TV, isn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping the second season lives up to the first. I would be concerned because it's one of those shows that sets up so many great ideas, and at times almost seems to jump the shark a bit. And you kind of wonder, have they got this all planned out or are they making it up as they go along a bit? In which case, I think it's going to be very hard to follow it up if they're making it up as they go along. Unless they've got some overview of this, it could just be weirdness layered onto weirdness, which can kind of... Yeah, it can tire up a while. But I mean, I I kind of, fingers crossed, I I really hope they kind of sat down and kind of wrote a whole kind of... um, you know, arc for the uh, for the actual story, so it so they kind of know where they're headed, and uh, therefore it's you know you know more carefully planned out to 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 work well rather than something that is as you say just kind of every season they just kind of start fresh and it just the risks go up for it as you say jumping the shark and and not really delivering the payoff that they they've kind of set up, but. Uh, but no, still, even even if they never make a second series, the first series is worth a watch on its own. It's uh, it is so good. So, what else you've been watching? Well, I, I started watching From. Um, it kept popping up on my um, in the UK. I'm on Now TV, which um, it kept popping up on the feed there, and it, and it, and it was an image um, of uh, I think Harold. Perino, who's kind of the main kind of actor in it, he plays like a, a, a sheriff uh, or self-appointed sheriff in the show. Um, and it was just the image kind of made it, yeah, I think this could be a kind of sci-fi horror kind of thing. So it kind of caught my eye, but I didn't really know anything about it. And I didn't read anything about it before I went into it. And um, I now watched the kind of the first season. And yeah, it's, it's intriguing. I mean, I get really... I get bored by watching the same horror story again and again. So vampires um, tend to bore me because it's the same story. It's some, you know, it's, you know, well, you know the story. So um, this was quite interesting because they're not, there are monsters in it and that's becomes pretty apparent pretty quickly, but they're not, they're not normal vampires. I mean, they're vampiric to some degree, but they're not actually vampires because they, they just kind of, you know, eat people really rather than um drain their blood but um so but i'm moving ahead of the premise really so the premise is um this family are in uh are in their car uh and they're driving somewhere in, in north america and um they kind of come across this fallen tree in the road uh and they kind of you know divert around it and head into this small town um and they kind of, you know, they didn't think nothing, think nothing of it. I think they might stop and ask for directions, but they don't really get much help. And they carry on out of the town. And as they come along the road, they find the fallen tree again. And they find themselves in this loop. And they just keep going round and round. They keep coming to the town till eventually they stop. Um, and, you know, pretty quickly it's revealed that basically they can never leave. You know, everyone is trapped here and everyone in the town at some point in their life has encountered this road with the fallen tree and ended up in a town. And and it's not just in one location. We've got people from California, people from New England and so forth, all across the USA who were basically driving on this road, driving on a road and found themselves in this kind of middle America kind of town in no man's land. 
that that sounds like a great setup for a Call of Cthulhu scenario. Absolutely. I mean, it just brings everyone there and they don't know why they're there, but they're trapped and they yeah. can't get out. And um, and of course, the the added, you know, horror, that's horrific enough. You can never leave. <laughs> um, but the added horror is when when night falls, the monsters come out and and they, you know, they they look human and they 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 work a little bit like the you know the vampires from Stephen King's Salem's Lot. You know they come up to windows and start awesome. talking to you. Oh come on, let me in. Come on, and um, uh, and without going into you know too much uh, detail and spoilers, obviously there's this kind of setup where daytime's fine, nighttime's bad, and um, but the, no one understands why. No one understands what's going on. And obviously, as you go through, there's, you know, there's different characters turn up and they have, you know, they bring a different dynamic to the situation. And there's the the, the intertown kind of relationships and rivalries and mistrust going on. So it sets up a really interesting kind of just general dynamic. But there's a great, there's a great character who actually turns up on the same day that the, the, the kind of core family do. And he's this kind of um, tech kind of rich kind of tech kind of guy who's a bit right. of a younger guy who basically spends many episodes disbelieving it all, thinking it's all some kind of game that his mates have set up. It's some live role play, basically. That, wow. You know, that, you know, I, no, this isn't true. You, you, you're acting it really well, but, you know, I don't believe you until, you know, until eventually you know, he, he figures, no, it isn't the game. He's that of. player that is just going to insist nothing is real exactly that and that's yeah. what he does and so it's quite entertaining because you know we've all met players that sometimes play their characters like that yeah yeah definitely so yeah from um yeah well well worth watching i think a second season is uh already started um i don't think we've got it yet in the uk but um we'll be coming i think it's starting in the uk at the end of july i think well i've just been watching things that netflix recommends to me <laughs> uh, somehow <laughs> These evil algorithms seem to understand me better than I do, which is wow. probably true, you know, because <laughs> I, I look at all this stuff and I think, oh, I don't know what to watch. But wow, there is so much that you just keep just, I mean, you know, spend, you decide to watch something on streaming, you spend an hour flicking through loads and loads of things till something jumps out at you. And, yeah. and what do you do? What I do, you flick through and in the first five minutes, you find something, you think, oh, quite fancy watching that, but you're not 100% convinced mm. that you carry on. Yeah. And then an hour later, you kind of think, oh, I should have just watched what I started, you know. Yeah, uh, Lucy loves it when I do this. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, most people really enjoy watching until they do that. Yeah, flicking through channels. Some what well, Only one thing worse than flicking through channels is watching somebody else flick through channels. <laughs> Well, not flick through channels, but flick through, uh, you know, all, all the Brilliant. different things yeah. on Netflix. So uh, the, the things that spring to mind recently, Oat Studios. Oh, yeah. No idea what it was. Looked at it. Thought, well, it looks kind of interesting. Ten random episodes with no linkage. They say they're kind of post-apocalyptic visions. I kind of guess they are. They vary from about half an hour with Sigourney Weaver in one up down to about five minutes i think yeah the standout ones for me uh, i think it's just called god or something like that it is god and he's just got a long gray beard and a servant i think called jeeves like the butler uh and he just takes the role of god over over the people uh, it's just it's a genius little that's uh, the one where short. they've got like a like a well 
I think of it like a war war game board, like you know, with miniatures. Yeah, in the town, and he's moving them around. <laughs> yeah, like, Jim, yeah. set fire to that building, will you? <laughs> oh, look at them dance! Look at them run around, and, and quite malicious, isn't it? Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, it really ew. And Jeeves is like the, the conscience because when when God asked him to do like terrible things to all the little people on the table, Jeeves is like, "Are you, are you sure, sir? Uh, do, do you really want me to do that?" He's like, "Oh yes, yes. Send in the plague, Jeeves." Brilliant. Well, I, I, yeah, I did. I did see that one. I thought that was. I did think that was good. I quite enjoyed the Sigourney Weaver one, but that's of all of them that seemed the most set up as a kind of a, a pilot, almost. A kind mm. of like, we want to make a. A series or a film out of this because it was it was clearly there'd been some budget there because it looked pretty good and and uh the effects and so on um but um but it, it was it was a i mean they had a different kind of take on the kind of whole alien invasion kind of thing but but ultimately it was very it was quite samey in terms of a lot of other hmm. kind of similar kind of programs so i don't think it really stood out but i mean for me the the one that I keep recommending to people. It's what you recommended to me. What made me start watching it? It's called. Was it cu- cooking with Bill? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's just that. That to me just strikes me as someone who's gone like, oh, I've got a great idea. Yeah. It will never be a TV show, but they're going to give us money to make it for this, you know, Netflix series. Let's do it because we'll never get a chance again. And it's just completely daft. I mean, it just. I mean, it just makes me laugh because it's so wrong. And it's about six or seven minutes long, but it's divided into about four mini episodes. Yeah. About yeah. a minute and a half long. Um yeah. I, I just love the actors' expressions, the two the two people uh in it. They uh <laughs> it's kind of look a, like a um a, sh- a shopping channel, isn't it? Selling yeah, like a, like a yeah, like a TV shopping channel selling cookware, you know cookware um the appliances for your kitchen isn't it so uh, that's not quite right but that none of them work quite as intended really and uh yeah no that that was good well i think we've got more tv shows to talk about but shall we talk about what a role-playing game is and should a book tell you what a role-playing game is well that's that sounds a good plan i mean um what is what is a role-playing game what is a role-playing game yeah but but yeah i think there's uh I mean, there are occasionally this pops up, doesn't it? You see it on various social media. Somebody, normally somebody older who's been gaming for a while, may, kind of having a bit of a moan of why do you need to put in what is a role playing game in a role playing game rule book? Um, kind of you know, asking the gods, why do why do we we already know what a role playing game is? Why bother even wasting the pages, the word count on? telling people what they already know i mean and that's a fair question i guess what what where, where do you uh what's what's your thoughts on that paul i think my it cropped up just before games expo in birmingham earlier this year it was it was kind of a, a topic of some discussion and when i was at the stand i was on the chaosium stand at, at expo and a guy came up to the stand now Expo, for those people who don't know, it's it's a big game show in Birmingham in the UK. It has, I don't know, a few tens of thousands of attendees, I think. So it's, it's not as big as Gen Con, but it's, it's pretty big. And there's a lot of board gaming there. There's a lot of card games, you know, big range of games. But, you know, role-playing games do feature there. So 
this guy comes up to the table and you know, he's looking at the books, looking at, I think, one of the Colocthulhu books, maybe Rivers of London. And he says, what's this? And I say, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's like Call of Cthulhu. And my usual question to somebody who asks that is, have you played Dungeons and Dragons or, you know, something, yeah, what other games have you played? That kind of thing. And they'll, uh, usually their response is very often, oh, I played D&D. Okay, we've got a, a frame of reference here. And I said, he said, oh, is this a role-playing game? And I said, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, what, what's that? And I'm like, oh, okay. And I start talking to him, what have you played? He, he's never played a role-playing game, doesn't know what a role-playing game is. So I'm really having to go, you know, to the basics. And I'm I'm kind of explaining it to him. And he says, he's leafing through the book and he says, oh, so do you play it page by page? So, <clears throat> and that's a perfectly fair question. Yeah. But it's like for somebody who doesn't know what a role-playing game is, has never seen one, never seen one being played, never listened to one being played, it's quite a leap of uh, comprehension to actually grasp what it is. Yeah, I mean, well, back in the day when I started, when we're talking, you know, late 70s, early 80s, I mean, the common, it was common usage to get people saying, do you use a board? Yeah. Because everyone just assumed it was a board game of some sort, you know. And so that was a common kind of retort was, like, do you use a board? Oh, no, you, you don't use a board, although sometimes you'd kind of use something like a board and yeah. miniatures. And so do you dress up? suddenly gets complex. But Do you, um, do you dress up? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And run around? Yeah, at, at night under the under the pagan moon. But that's a different story, Paul. Oh, okay. Uh, I meant in the games, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, a lot of it comes down to what is the who is the market for your role playing game, isn't it? Because there are some role playing games that clearly are designed and being marketed to people who already play role playing games. I'm thinking a lot of small press, what you might call indie role playing games, tend to sell to people who already play role playing games. They don't tend to turn upon you know, a Waterstones bookshelf to just anyone off the street would pick it up and, you know, probably not know what a role-playing game is. They're marketed in those communities, you know, as here's something you already know what it is, so we haven't bothered to tell you what a role-playing game is because you already know what it is. And then there are games that are what you might call gateway games, like Dungeons & Dragons, Call of Cthulhu does, does it as well, um, where they may attract people who haven't played role-playing games before, and so that you know there is a kind of need to tell people what this thing is that they're holding that they, yeah it doesn't use a board yeah you don't play it page by page this is here and this uh here's a kind of rough example of play or here's a solo scenario that you can choose your own adventure style and kind of get a feel for how the game runs um and then you've got i guess a middle ground where there are some who have aspirations to um want to kind of sell their game more widely available outside of the kind of the the the, the niches of role-playing communities who think that they've got a game that might appeal to people in a broader sense and therefore feel the need that somebody could pick this up who doesn't know what it is and therefore to you know they need they feel the need to explain what a role-playing game is and i think there are some people in that middle camp who kind of have the aspiration um but maybe don't um yet have the 
foundation or the you know the the logistics network to to make it widely available but that's where their goal is so that's why they put it in i get that's how i tend to sort of see it as those sort of three camps really mm. i mean i wonder <clears throat> if some of the complaints stems from how those sections are written and i i'm like <laughs> as we've written one maybe i don't i don't want to throw you know stones in the greenhouse or whatever but um you know they can be quite i think they can take on a bit of a dry tone maybe that I, yeah this is yeah. an exciting game the rest of the book and then the bit about what is a role-playing game becomes kind of clinical and removed i mean i've got a, a little bit here i'll quote which is the opposite of that for me which is from the um star wars west end games from 1980 something or other um and it says uh <clears throat> uh let me see yeah the players pretend which i like that word the players pretend to be members of the rebellion they play colorful characters say clever things like i have a bad feeling about this defeat ever bigger and badder bad guys blow up stormtroopers tie fighters imperial walkers and small asteroids with abandon and i'm like oh yeah that sounds great i want to do that yeah whereas if it says cool. you know oh a player character you know some of the players take on the role of player characters they play a you know, a character in the world. And then the one of the players plays the games master. They take on the, yeah, it's like, oh, that's a bit, that, that's not inspiring me. No, I agree. I mean, that, 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 what you read out is very much more a call to action, isn't it? This, mm. here's the things you can kind of do. You can do them. Um, but it's kind of think. telling you what the game is at the same time. Yeah. No, I think that's, that, that's really good. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think, um, I mean, I've, I've come to the conclusion over the years that, um, the best way to introduce a, I mean, which is, to be honest, I always knew uh, the best way to introduce somebody new to role playing is to get them role playing, mm. because then within a matter of moments, they they kind of you kind of get it. Oh, I see what we're doing. I see what you're doing, and and so trying to recreate that in in text form obviously is is impossible. But uh, for me, the 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 most you know useful vehicle is that kind of solo style, which is what you know we put in the beginning of ribs of london and what put in the um call of cthulhu starter set is you know literally like you know the first page is just you know this is a starter set this is a game um and you know just gives you a, a very quick overview which again could be maybe 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 if i was to look at it again now maybe try and make it a little bit more exciting as you've just example you know um stated um, but really my intention is to get them to turn that page as quickly as possible to literally get to the entry number one in the solo scenario that, that they said, right, you are this character. It's this day of the year. You are here. Do you want to go left and right? And instantly you're, 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 you're getting people into the mindset of how to play the game rather than talking at them and saying, you will play yeah. a character and you will do this. I mean, obviously there's a bit of need for both in that kind of sense, but as you say, I think, you know, um, trying to make it as engaging and as concise as possible, because, you know, we no one wants to read, you know, a whole chapter on how to roleplay, do they, really, in terms of and review to it. I think, like, Newsflash as well, you don't have to read every word in the book. No. If you if you know what a role-playing game is already, just skip that bit, you know? You I mean, most to... people are happy to ignore most bits of rule books. They decide they don't want to be bothered to read or... or you know not not interested in um you know people you know just ignore disregard whole chapters or just 
go with their prior knowledge of what they've used before mm. and just go with that. I mean, that's common usage across all the role-playing games, isn't it, to be honest? So just do this, just do that. That work, that work. That's worked for 10 years. Let's just carry on doing it that way. For sure, uh, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, there are, there are some times I wish you could make people read certain pieces of a rule book um, that would help them but uh, but that's a different story <laughs> but mike why why not just say instead of telling them what a role-playing game is just say go online and look it up i think you could i think i think i think some do um but i think that is if that's your only introduction you could be setting up um expectations that aren't going to be met by the reality of your gaming experience so if let's for instance if you direct people to a to a kind of a prestige you know well-funded all singing and dancing kind of live play experience which you know there are plenty of those on youtube and so on you know with with you know uh antique chairs people are sat in costumes mm. they're all doing accents they do you know all this kind of stuff um and then you get your you know your friends around the kitchen table, and that's a world <laughs> away different. And 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 at that point, do you think are we doing this wrong? Wait a minute, this chair isn't antique. Yeah, this you know where where's your costume? You're you're, you're why aren't you speaking an accent? You know that's how you do it right. And so you kind of set unreasonable yeah. expectations, and and in a sense, you set a barrier to play that you put a potential of barrier in people's minds. Say, well, we can't do it like they're doing <clears throat> online then we're not doing it right and that's completely false you know yeah um, so i think you've got to be careful um because you don't want to put people you know people who are interested enough to have bought the book or got it out of the library you don't want to turn them away you want to gently bring them into it and hopefully it's something they they enjoy and stay with and, and also you know i could publish my own book of like how to do anything and on on each page, like how to maintain your car, it just says, "Have a look on YouTube, mate." Um, give her a one, two, second. Mike's been called away on secret business. Oh, he's back again. Are you all right, right there? Rubbish, rubbish. It was just a wrong number of <laughs> some computer thing ringing me up. Put it, I put it down. Is it the, are they monitoring us? I think it's the role playing police. Yeah, they're going to be after your books. Then we're getting getting a bit edgy with. Yeah, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. We've we've transgressed some. We we used some like uh, what was it? Something green in in. Uh, you what in in the Lovecraft tapes? Pleasant green. Oh, pleasant green on the yeah. radio. Radio drama and the yeah, radio I, drama, which is uh, fantastic, yeah, and code word, yeah, uh, special code, code words that uh, GCHQ are listening out for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so maybe that was that, that was our, that was our signal to to wrap things up. I think it must be. Yeah. It's so I was going to say, ultimately, I think you know how to. Or sorry, what is a role playing game? Does have a place in in certainly some role playing books. Um, but I think uh, I agree. I think it's always like like anything, you know, when you are a game developer and a writer, you know, um, what you wrote 10 years ago probably isn't what you might write now. Yeah. Certainly I would, you know, probably look to, um, um, you know, redo things, you know, you and I wrote 
what what is more like 14 years ago to be frank isn't it so it, yeah it is it is um i think i stand by most of what we put in the books but i'd probably phrase some of it differently yeah, and maybe try to concise. communicate some of it yeah precisely yeah uh, and certainly some of the terminology we use then i would update so yeah 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 absolutely and we don't think which i think you know any you know well anyone i think in terms of writing would do and you know you ask an author you know i mean there'll always be some they will say oh no that when i wrote that everything stands and i wouldn't change a word but there are you know many writers you you speak to that um would say well if i wrote it now you know if i ever got the chance to rewrite it or i could be bothered i would certainly you know write it a little bit differently now and i think that's you know same with what you see in films all the time don't you with with directors cuts and so forth and uh you know they, that's a whole nother bag of worms that's a different it, that's do a worms different. come in a bag or a tin can of worms can of worms bag of worms uh, but yeah director's cuts and anyway so if you are listening to this if you if you if if there's anyone out there still listening uh you can come on over to eldritchstories.com and subscribe to our feed Obviously, you can you can hopefully this is going out via I don't know, iTunes and all the regular podcast dissemination places, and you can subscribe on those channels. But if you come over to eldritchstories.com, you know you're getting it like fresh. It's like fresh pressed orange juice, rather than that stuff you get in a in a a carton. You know, you know, and then, and you know, you, and you get the choice: do you want it with the bits or without the bits? You know, so, uh, you know, as you say, come to eldritchstories.com, get the freshness, and um, and you can get, you know, a whole plethora of um, other podcasts that will be coming out from us. So, uh, yeah, why, why wouldn't you? So right now we're, we're putting out season one of uh, Eldritch Stories, and we've got a whole bunch in the, in the can, haven't we, Mike? That, we have uh, We've got we it, have yeah. recorded and edited but this the eldritch extras you're getting it this is with the bits you're getting it raw and unedited well that that's it you're getting the uh you're getting the good stuff like we said at the beginning I, I, i'm giving a nod here to uh clyde rower uh from from some years back who put out a, a fantastic podcast called theory from the closet i don't know if anybody remembers that um which was kind of i don't know back in the the aughts, is that what we call them? Back in the 2000s, probably about 2006. What? No, we don't call the them century, that, is what you're saying. That's what I call it. Turn of the century. That sounds a bit, I don't know, I don't know a bit romantic. What's the, there's, a, there's a word for that, isn't there? Around the turn of the century. You're looking, yeah. I'm okay. looking blank. I there is a word. I can't think what it, what it is. You're just <laughs> making this up We'll now. Google this. Uh, so, um, yeah, join us on, I'm going to say it once more. In case you didn't get it, eldritchstories.com. Uh, until then, what what have they got to do, Mike? Keep it eldritch. <laughs>